Hello and welcome to 20 Minutes in the Text. Uh, I am Andrew Nelson, and as always, I am joined with my friend Mason. Hello, everybody. Uh, thank you for being here, Mason. Of course. And thank you to uh, our viewers and our listeners who are joining us today for episode three of Seeing Christ in the Text. And we're going to tackle the uh, typological subject of sacrifice today. Yeah. And um, I'm going to let Mason just jump right in, if you will. Yeah. So um, one of the, I think one of the, you know, most well-known texts about Jesus, uh, it's it's in uh, a lot of the gospels. I'm going to look at John 1 today. So the first thing that is really said about Jesus, specifically about John the Baptist, um, is in uh, John chapter one, starting at verse 29. The next day he, meaning John the Baptist, saw Jesus coming toward him and said, behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. This is he of whom I said, after he comes a man who ranks before me because he was before me. Um, what does it mean that Jesus is the Lamb of God? And in order to fully understand that, we do have to, to sort of walk back to uh, the book of Leviticus, the Levitical sacrifices. Now, um, you probably are already cringing when I said Leviticus because uh, it's gotten a bad rap over the years for being, you know, a boring book. A lot of book of instructions that have nothing to do with us today. Is right? that the book that tells me I'm not supposed to eat shrimp? Yeah, yeah, right. right? Yeah, exactly, right. Um, which, you know, there's, there's some sort of truth, I suppose, to that, right? Uh, but also... Uh, Leviticus is rich in understanding and meaning for what it means that Jesus is the Lamb of God, what it means that Jesus is the ultimate sacrifice. And so today we're going to be looking at um, the five different sacrifices in Leviticus. Um, and they're really split up into sort of two main groups. The first three sacrifices, the burnt uh, offering, the, the grain offering, the peace offering, um, are about sort of initiation and sustaining of relationships. And then the last two sacrifices, which is the guilt offering and the sin offering, uh, those are about repairing of relationships. And so just to just to sort of put those two groups together. So the first three is about initiation uh, and sort of you know sustaining relationships. And the, the last two are about repairing relationships. So what I would invite you to do if you're listening or watching uh, is just to, if you'd like to pause the podcast or the video, uh, just to read through Leviticus 1 through 5. So we're not going to do like specific reading through today. We're going to pick up on just sort of the themes, the main points, the nuggets that come out of those things. Uh, so Leviticus 1 talks about the burnt offering. Um, the burnt offering is offered, uh, it's an unblemished male bull, sheep or goat. You'll see this all over with with any of the sort of the, the bloody offerings. Um the burnt offering is very interesting because it's seen as sort of the initiation of the relationship between uh, God and man. Okay, so uh, if you Google a picture of uh, the, the tabernacle of Leviticus, you'll see that there is a sort of a cloth fence that comes around the tent of meeting. And uh, you would bring this sacrifice, this offering, to the entrance. The, there's only one entrance and one exit to that place, uh, and this would start sort of the, the, the initiation of the relationship between God and man. And the interesting thing about this offering is that it is, uh, it is given in atonement, right? It is substitutionary. 
So this life is given for your life in order that you might have relationship with God. Um, and the entire sacrifice is the one that is that is uh, sacrificed and, and given. So you have that. You have the initiation, right? Uh, the second offering that you have is uh, a, a cleaner one. Less that's, messy. Always, that's always pleasant. That's right. Yeah. And it's the grain offering. And this is in, in Leviticus 2. The grain offering is the finest flour and mixed with oil and frankincense. Um, this offering is given in, in memorial, in thanksgiving for all of the mercies of God and the way that, the way that God has taken care of, of his people. Uh, so you have the initiation into the relationship. And then now with the grain offering, you have sort of the thanksgiving for all the things that God has done. And again, it's, it's the fine flour. It's the best of the best. Okay. So in all these offerings, you're giving the best that you have. So the unblemished animal, um, the, the fine flour. So again, burnt offering, initiation, grain offering, thanksgiving. Uh, they also say in memorial, right? Uh, and then the the last of the sort of initiation, sustaining of of relationship is the peace offering, otherwise known as the fellowship offering. Um, so unlike uh, unlike the burnt offering, the first one, the peace offering, once it's sacrificed um, and you know butchered, essentially. Um, Blood is thrown on the altar. Naturally. Right. Uh, very clean, sanitary. Um, but instead of the whole offering being burnt, the whole animal, um, some of the animal, mostly the fatty parts, the entrails, are burnt and given to God. Some of the animal is given to the priests, sort of as their wage. Okay. And then the rest of the animal is given to the person who actually brought the offering, brought the sacrifice. That's why it's called fellowship. Because there's this partaking in yes. the same sort of offering together, right? So you have the initiation, you have the thanksgiving, and then you have the uh, the fellowship. Yeah, I think that's an interesting combination of offerings. And as you think about those two, Mason, uh, you know, you've got the, in another way, using some of the other descriptors and ways we understand these offerings, you've got uh, this this atoning or substitutionary offering right followed then by this thanksgiving right offering which then leads into a fellowship offering you know and so uh, as as we consider the offerings we are recognizing that this first offering uh, you know the burnt offering atones and uh, creates this this relationship, which allows you then to respond in your grain offering with thanksgiving. And in this, this, uh, this experience of atonement and thanksgiving, you are united with your brothers and sisters right. in faith in this fellowship where we are united uh, because we're all been atoned for. We've all been atoned for. We're all thanking God with our offerings. And now we share this fellowship together. So there's there's both an individual and a communal aspect um, as we consider uh, our relationship between God and others in our community. Yeah, so you can, you know, if you're listening or, or watching, you can already sort of see, bells and whistles should be going off in your head, um, how these things are a type of something greater to come, right? Um, and so there's those three offerings. Yeah, it's just... Um, 
the initiation, right? Again, you, you mentioned this, but just to, uh, because I forgot to mention this, the burnt offering, this is for, this is not for the communion, the, the communion of people, right? This is your individual right. initiation that brings you into the fellowship, okay? Um, which is important uh, later on when we talk about the, the antitype of that. So you have those three, the initiation, the sustaining. And then you have the last, uh, the last two, which talk about sort of the, the repairing of, uh, of relationship, um, which is the sin offering and the guilt offering. These can be found in, in Leviticus 4 and 5. Um, the sin offering first, this, this really is dealing with um, fixing the sinner. Um, or fixing the sinners. So this is where, unlike the burnt offering, that's initiation for the individual, the sin offering is is given for sort of the community, right? It's it's for it's for the priests, or it's for a, the, a sin of the nation. Um, and so this is really fixing the individual. So a good way to think about this is um, it's fixing unintentional sins. So in church, we confess, you know, things done and left undone. The things left undone, uh, the way that maybe you have treated someone, you 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 treated them badly, but it was unintentional. It's, you they call you out on it later on. Yeah, it was not your intention to sin, right? But it's your nature to sin, and so you're not going to be able to avoid that. Exactly, and so that's that's a that's a good way to put it. The, the nature. This really to to help you sort of think about this uh, original. This is where original sin comes in, right? The sin that we're all born into. Uh, uh, because of the this, the first sin of our of our first parents, um, right. and so again, it's you you have the unblemished uh, bull or goat, um, and then you know this is the first time in Leviticus, so Leviticus chapter four verse twenty, where specific forgiveness is mentioned. Um, it's explicitly connected with the sacrifice. So, and this is when this offering is given, when the sacrifice is made, there's forgiveness that's applied to this sort of unintentional sin to this for the community. Okay. And then the last one that, that uh, is just a little bit different. So it's also deals with unintentional sins uh, um, against one's neighbor and again, in the holy things of God, um, sort of a breach of faith. Um, But unlike the sin offering, so the sin offering again is fixing the individual, the guilt offering uh, is fixing the situation. Okay, so think about you're sort of guilty for doing something against someone. Mm-hmm. Um, so what what happened with a guilt offering was, let's say I would steal Andrew's glasses. Um, it's not very nice. No, because uh, it leaves you blind. Yeah. Um, not only would I would, in, in the guilt offering, not only would I give Andrew his glasses back or if I broke them or damaged them, I would give him a new pair. But then I would also go and make a sacrifice for this. Okay, so... Uh, this is sort of this is dealing with the sinful situations. It's fixing the situation. In in uh, perhaps in a, in a relational way, a right. horizontal way. So not just yes. fixing a vertical relationship between uh, man or or humanity, a, cer- a specific individual and God. Yes, but right. also the the broken situation that happened between neighbor and neighbor. Right. Okay, right. that's a great. Right. It's a great differentiation. So just to, that was a really quick sort of preview, a really sort of go through of all these sacrifices. So yeah. just to, just to like recap before we sort of move on to, to the, the antitype of the situation. So we've got um, the burnt offering was initiates relationship. The, the, the grain offering, which is a Thanksgiving for the relationship, the peace offering, which is sort of um, solidifying the fellowship. 
And then you have the sin offering, which is fixing um, any sort of situation that you have that you have made yourself sinful, unclean. And then the guilt offering, um, which sort of helps repair the broken relationship. So you can sort of see how all those fit together. And then you can also see sort of how those are um, fulfilled in Christ. Yeah. And so when John the Baptist sees Jesus coming on the scene, you know, he, in calling him the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world, he is identifying him as this unblemished, uh, free will, Mm -hmm. substitutionary, atoning sacrifice that will fix both John's issues, right? Sinful issues with his relationship between God and him, but also the relationships of, of human beings that are broken. And this is a end all be all perfect substitutionary sacrifice, which Hebrews is, is explicit on that. This is a a once and for all. So last week, you know, we talked about Jesus being the great high priest who offered the sacrifice once and for all. We don't need uh, generation after generation of, of priests. Mm -hmm. We have one who is a priest forever, but Mm -hmm. as we alluded to last week, he is not just the priest, but he is the sacrifice and the offering himself. Yeah. And so, um, you know, first Peter mentions that Christ, he suffers once and all for sins, mm-hmm. um, the righteous for the unrighteous. And um, in, in John's gospel, again, he, the, the gospel writer notes that it's because Jesus lays down his life um, that he can take it up again. Yeah. But again, Jesus is the one laying down his life. Mm-hmm. And he is this sacrifice. And uh, not just the lamb of God, but the bread of life. Right. So alluding here to this grain offering, right. which um, as, as you dig deeper into Leviticus 2, you will find that this grain offering is, is never uh, offered by itself. But the grain is always combined with, with an oil or an anointing. Mm-hmm. Right, and so um, not only are we drawn to the fact that that Jesus is this bread of life, that um, He is the bread that will leave you satisfied, mm-hmm. but uh, He is anointed. And the, the gospel writers uh, make note of of these anointings uh, with the tears of the sinful woman, with the the fine perfume and oil mm-hmm. that that is is placed on Him. As he makes his way towards the crucifixion, you know, I believe the gospel writers put that pretty much right before the events of Holy Week. Yes, um, and yeah. uh, that's just a, a wonderful way for us to see that. Um, well, before I move on, not to mention, you know, that Jesus is the one who gives us uh, bread and and wine to drink. Again, in this this memorial meal, uh, in remembrance of him, we now partake in his body and yeah, blood right. uh, in our, in our churches here. And so, you I mean, like you said, Mason, I mean, we are just being pointed to Christ again and again. And, um, but then the peace offering as well. Mm-hmm. I think it's, it's worth noting uh, as we look to, to the epistle writings, uh, Romans chapter five, verse one notes us that, that since we have been justified by faith, since our sins have been atoned for, we now have a peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. And so our, our relationship, our vertical relationship uh, is given peace through the, 
the atoning sacrifice. But then also, um, we we are called to this manner of living, which is uh, eager to maintain the unity in the bonds of peace with our fellow Yeah, notice it says we, right? We are the ones that are justified. We are the ones to to keep the unity of peace. This is where it's pulling in this fellowship. Yeah, so it's a a magnificent thing. And, um, you know, as we consider the sin offering, right? Jesus as our great offering, as our great sacrifice, uh, takes care of of our sin. The sins we know and the sins that we don't know, the things we've done and the things we've left undone. Um, But it also uh, reconciles our relationships. Yeah, uh, right. it reconciles all of creation, right. right? Itself, and so um, Ephesians one tells us that that it's in Christ, uh, in this great offering that we have redemption through His blood, mm-hmm. um, and the forgiveness of our trespasses, which is according to the riches of His grace. And uh, this blood of Christ shed for you and me has restored our relationship with God, and it is what enables us and allows us to restore the relationships uh, that we have here. But as we see Christ in the text, um, we understand that our bow tie model, right? The the type in the Old Testament uh, fulfilled in the antitype Christ also is mirrored and reflected in our Christian lives and our churches today. Yeah. So Mason, why don't you take the lead on here as we consider what are these, these Old Testament offerings that we don't do anymore how are they mirrored and reflected in our in our lives as a church? Yeah, it's interesting because you know in the Old Testament the the offerings are given to you know given to God, um, where then on the other side of the bow tie, um, Christ's offerings are given to us. Yes, right. Um, and so through through Christ's death through His work, um, we are initiated into relationship, right? So through baptism, this is the thing that gets us in the door of the of the gate. Yes, right? Jesus Himself is the door. Um, so there's that's sort of where the burnt offering takes place, right? So in baptism we're, we're brought in, and then uh, in the Lord's Supper, um, the grain in that offering. grain offering, yeah. we give thanks to God. Literally, the word that is used uh, in in the Greek is Eucharisto, uh, mm-hmm. so to give thanks. Uh, that's what Jesus does, uh, and any really anytime he's breaking bread, right? So you have that. So you're initiated in baptism, you're giving thanks and you're praising God in, in the Lord's Supper, um, um, and then. Confession and absolution. Right. Our confession and absolution is... Brings the, peace. Yes. And specifically, when you think about it, con- corporate confession and absolution. Yes. Right? So, it, that, that you know, I think specifically the Lutheran types that sort of do confession and absolution, um, the same one every Sunday, right? Most, mm-hmm. most merciful God, we confess. We sort of sometimes can skate over that. But what we're realizing is that this is the first part of the service that's bringing us in fellowship. We're confessing together yes. that we've wronged each other and yes. that we've wronged... God, right? And so that's bringing us into fellowship, right? Um, but then also knowing that um, because of Christ's work, he's, he has taken care of this original sin. He's, we're all, the whole world is washed in the blood of God, which should yes. completely change how we go out and, and evangelize to people, Absolutely. right? The people that we like and the people that we don't like, the people that are the least of these and the people that are the most of these, Right. Um, so that changes things. But then also, um, because of Christ's death and, and resurrection, he shows us that because of the peace that he's brought us and because of the peace that he's initiated us into, mm-hmm. that changes how we function with one another. Absolutely. Right? So when we need to repair a relationship, um, 
we can actually go to our brother. So Matthew 18, thinking about going to your brother, talking to him, forgiving one another as Christ has forgiven you, right? Being the little Christ, as Luther says to, to one another. Um, and so that is then how the, the offerings of Leviticus fulfilled in Christ are now touching us uh, here in, in the church today. Yeah. And, you know, we've, we're drawn to, to Romans chapter 12, um, how in lieu of God's mercy, in view of God's mercy, we now right. offer ourselves as living sacrifices. Right. And it's not that we have to live in a certain way to appease God. No. Or to earn any sort of uh, benevolence from God. But in simple terms, having been washed by the blood of Christ, having been given forgiveness of sins, do what a Christian does. Remember your baptism. Receive the Lord's Supper. Confess your sins and be forgiven. Live in peace with one another. Yeah. Because as you live your life as a little Christ, you are naturally in the life of the church and the life of the gospel where you're continually being drawn to Christ's mercies and given grace, Christ's mercies and brought into fellowship with others. Yeah, because what's the alternative, right? I mean, the... Yeah. Doing this is the thing that's going to bring joy. Doing this is going to make you happy. Yeah. It's going to make your neighbor happy and joyful. And it's going to make, you know, God will smile down. Look at this. This is, this is you know, yes. my goodness, we're, we're, getting, we're getting closer and closer yes. to this new creation. The new creation that um, this broken creation is longing for and yearning for. Exactly. And um, exactly. receives its consummation of perfection yeah right and the resurrection of the dead the new heavens and the new earth where one day we will live in peace yeah. with one another and with god because of jesus christ and what he has done as our offering and our sacrifice so it turns out that leviticus is actually important right and it turns out and that's why we're doing this and so we we thank you for for joining us today uh for for sticking around with us uh and we look forward to to jumping into you know the next type uh, with you in the next episode. All right. We'll see you next time. Twenty minutes in the text is recorded and produced by Andrew Nelson and Mason Beath at Chapel of the Cross Lutheran Church in St. Peter's, Missouri. Andrew and Mason are friends, theologians, and brothers in Christ who find great joy in sharing the gospel message. Join us for Christ's Word, commentary, and conversation. Twenty minutes at a time. We hope you enjoy the show.